this was my first film. When we were making a film, I had no idea that, that we can make people feel like that. Yeah. People have been contacting me just by, by a message or email, just telling me what they went through and just how we kind of recreated that. And it's just an incredible thing. It's just, it touches your heart, you know, it's just amazing. Golden Dog. <laughs> that was my best effort. Welcome to the Flick Lab. Of course, we have my co-host Henrik here, but most importantly, we have the director of tonight's Flick, actually. Uh, Runar Thor Sigurpjönsson, more or less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can give us an authentic pronunciation for that. Yeah, Runar Thor Sigurpjönsson. I think mine has even been corrupted from being in New York all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and... Uh, Ausgeir Sigurdsson. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Thank you. How would you say it yourself? Uh, Ausgeir Sigurdsson. It was pretty on point. All right. Playing Andre, of course, the lead character. So lucky and happy to have you guys here. Uh, yeah. This is... We can have, having us. Yeah. Our pleasure. It was pretty much thanks to Hannu Björkbakka who kind of started this thing. I was just asking, oh, maybe, you know, you have these interesting movie connections. Maybe you could ask if, if you are. That's how it started. Yeah, Hanno was great. Uh, he did a review of the film. Yeah, and with my little Googling skills, I wasn't even able to find really other re reviews for this film. But there may, of no. course, be. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing out there yet, because uh, this is pretty much the first filming, uh, first screening year. The film hasn't been screened outside of YouTube since this year. We picked the perfect year for it. Pandemic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> but that also means that this is the case where the case where our podcast also has managed to be the most topical. Like the, your film is the is the freshest movie that we have ever actually gone through here in the Flick Lab. Right, right, really. <laughs> do you even do you even know how Hanni Pakka came about seeing the film? He just happened to see it uh, like the rest of us on YouTube, or yeah, I think he found it on YouTube and he just sent me a message on Facebook and he wanted to uh, do a write up about it. He he was encouraging me to uh, submit it to all these Finnish festivals and uh, uh, like get it more out there in Finland. Nice. He's even sent me a whole list of people to contact. He's been like extremely helpful. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Wow. Yeah. Having a bit of a small talk on Twitter every now and then. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, to listeners who probably don't know, if you're outside of Finland and even inside Finland, Hannu Birkbakka is uh, like a movie critic on the Keskipohjanmaa newspaper in Finland. So, yeah. The Flick Lab, it's a deep diving uh, film podcast. We go to the World Cinema every Thursday here. We've had films from Greenland, Martinique. 
Yes, that was small island. Chad, North Korea and Kyrgyzstan, to name a few. And Henrik, I think this is our first Icelandic film in the podcast. Long time coming. Most likely, yeah. Our, our first time Icelandic film. Also the first time when we have been hot on the pony, so to say. And managed to really score us a debut film of an coming director. Yep. Oh, honored. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I, I would say that we are the ones being honored here. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> But in in many ways, in in many ways, today's movie is kind of a, also us breaking new terrain here on on the podcast. This is also one of the few cases where we actually have tackled into the more of the independent cinema and outside of the your typical established studio ne- producer studio network cinema. Kind of, yeah. We have we we have started to take a look on more of these like short films we introduced into the podcast just a few months ago, and it's getting a little bit more varied here, which is great. And uh, Henrik, why did we watch this film now? <laughs> Well, I guess that also goes to Hannu Björkbakka, as, as you mentioned. Pretty much. Uh, Hannu being in, in some co- correspondence with, with us, especially with you, Karri. And as far as I understand how un- understood how the things went, Hannu sent you the, the link to the film and told you to watch it. Uh-huh. And t- told you that, 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 might, that Han might be something that we in the flick like would enjoy yeah it was and a... one short film later here we are in today's episode right i mean the, <laughs> it was probably over a month ago when he sent the link and then later i thought that well why wouldn't we make an episode on this especially since we kind of missed the pride week so we're la- kind of late on uh, on the pride week stuff here um our last last so-called rainbow interest film here was call me by your name over a year ago and uh oh. And of course, this is great for Henrik, who is, of course, a straight cis male, but gets quite excited about gay cinema. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I can't deny that at that at this point, or I believe I will be in the hot course. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe saying it's a gay cinema is kind of a uh, it's kind of pigeonholing it a bit. It's always great to see this kind of stuff. Yeah. What is this film about, actually? Maybe Thor would like to give us a, like a synopsis. Sure. Han is basic about uh, a 16-year-old boy who's called Andre, and uh, Andre is in in that stage of his life where he's coming to terms with his sexuality, and he has to, you know, balance that with the dynamic that exists between him and his father. His father being a very masculine figure in his life he's always making assumptions and prodding him about like bringing a girl home and like stuff like that like a typical you know that so han is about the day in andre's life when he goes on his first date but simultaneously makes the choice to reveal his secret to his dad on that same day right uh <clears throat> you and you said you consider yourself more of a writer than a filmmaker is there kind of some writings from you available out there or <laughs> yeah, there is actually. Uh, ever since I was 16 years old, I always wanted to write <clears throat> a fantasy, Ooh. like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones type of stuff. And I actually wrote a short. I wrote a lot of short stories, but only one was I felt like 
good good enough for me to put it online. So I put it on, up on Smashwords. People can actually find it there today. It's called uh, Mists of Lorne. It's L L L O R N. Oh, it's right. like uh, it's like one short story that takes place in this like fictional fantasy worldscape that I created when I was like around 20 years old, I think. And I always intended to create more stories in that field, but kind of moved over to reality more, especially LGBT stories, because those are, there's a lot of emotional potential in a lot of uh, LGBT stories because there's just so much, you know, uh, personal trauma and, and hardship or relatable mm-hmm. hardship. Coming back to Han, the yeah, the story was also inspired here by your own experiences of coming out to your father, Thor. So would yeah. you like to tell our listeners how that turned out for yeah. you? Yeah, that I had a you know, a very similar relationship to my dad, basically, uh, as Andre does in the movie. My dad was always like very masculine, very you know, always like like where when are you gonna bring a girlfriend home and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and He was, he was like, he was my role model, and I really like always wanted to be like him. And I was always scared of the possibility that he would not want uh, a son that would be gay. Mm-hmm. So I, and that that internal fear of mine stuck with me for so long that I couldn't even couldn't uh, get the nerve up to actually come out of the closet until I was 27 years old. Yeah. Uh, and when I actually did that, my dad, uh, he you know, went on social media right away after he heard, he heard from my sister and he uh, made a status update there, which read basically, uh, it's like my son, I'm so proud of you. You should always be true to yourself, basically. Yeah. So I had just grossly mis- misjudged my own father and just like didn't give him the credit he deserved. It was, so it was uh, way different than what I expected. Yeah. That's, that's funny. That's kind of, I can find uh, parallels to my, own life pretty much because you know my father also uh, is kind of this kind of a tough character and mm. and I, I thought that when i would come out to him that it would be a completely different experience but we were kind of together inside a car and he was going on once again for the hundredth time about well Kari, when you're gonna be older and you're gonna have you know when you're gonna be married with a woman and you're gonna have kids and blah 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 and then i just got tired of that at that point and i said that uh, sorry dad that's not gonna happen oh what are you saying oh oh and uh, it was a great experience though he was just laughing and and saying that yeah that's totally fine and yeah exactly. really happy about that <laughs> uh so this um novel you're working on i hear and uh, i i hear that it's uh, based very much on han so do you want to talk about that a bit Yeah, when I spoke to Hanu uh, regarding the uh, review, I was working on a novel, but I, I pivoted into creating a full feature film now. Like it's the same story, but the media is going to be a film. After, you know, I live in New York and I got into touch with the, this uh, small film studio here, and they were interested in Han and they were interested in in the story for the for the book, but they wanted to see it, you know, in a in a full feature format. So I put the book aside and and i'm so i'm right now i'm just working my way through a script for the first draft and i'm halfway through already uh it's called rooftops it's going to take place here in new york but it's going to have a very similar feel to it as haunted but it's going to touch on you know a wider range of topics like mm. transphobia racism and, and and other other topics too 
Mm, sounds very good. It's, it's going to be a wider story, a bigger story. Looking forward to it. Do you want to kind of talk about how big the budget of the film was eventually? Uh, sure. The, I think the final number, the cost was around one, yeah, one point five million Icelandic, which is like twelve thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there are a surprising amount of expenses every every time in filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When was Han filmed actually? In two thousand seventeen, summer of two thousand seventeen. It was filmed in Reykjavik. And the internal, the indoor scenes were uh, filmed in my apartment at the time. And how long did it take? Yeah. Uh, filming took uh, four days consecutive. Four days? Yeah. Okay. Pretty impressive. How long it uh, went through the editing process and everything? Uh, the editing process was, it was a bit longer. It was like, I believe that it was like six months or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, because like a lot of these people were giving away their time or like giving a discounted time, and these they were you know professionals. So our project always, you know, there were there were other projects that had to take precedence over ours because they were full paying ones. So it got delayed like once in a while. Did you always plan to release the movie for free on YouTube like this or? Uh no, actually, uh, I I I had only imagined to make this film for an Icelandic audience. I never pictured it going anywhere beyond Iceland so and mm-hmm. I didn't even put it on YouTube until late last year when a friend of mine here in New York who saw the film and he was like what why why is this not on YouTube like just <laughs> put it up on YouTube everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna love it and I was like I don't know and I, I did it eventually and like now we're up to 600,000 views or something in, like in less than a year so I'm very glad that I did mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I don't know if some this somebody asked for permission, but there's also somebody who has copied the film on YouTube, and it has also something like 600k views. Yeah, yeah, there are at least two Russian channels that have uh, asked mm-hmm. me to give the republish it, and then uh, another one, German one, I think. What has being on YouTube meant to you and and your film? Has there been something that you have gained now that you have been noticed on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it it opened up like a lot of potential, like all of the you know everything that's basically happened happened as a result of the movie being on on YouTube. All the the studio stuff, the the Hanu review in, in in the newspaper, and and even the film festivals. I wouldn't have launched uh, launched it on film festivals this year if I hadn't seen the positive outcome of having it up on YouTube. Yeah. and also the direct channel to like all these kids who watch it or parents who watch it and like get inspired by it is has been incredible like reading all those comments has been like has been the highlight of my day yeah yeah same for me it's been like i've been i've been getting messages from all around the world just like i i could see myself in you like when i was coming out to my parents and and it, like reading all those comments this just uh, it's just amazing you know seeing that we touched so many people so also from the actor's viewpoint it it doesn't feel that it somehow cheapens the film you work for and gave your performance for seeing that it's now on free on youtube yeah no uh, it, it's it, it was kind of um it was kind of a new for me uh when i when when runner asked me to act in the film because 
um, I had I ha hadn't been acting since I was a kid, and and I, and I wanted to, uh, and I wanted to get back at it. Um, and he posted. I saw he posted a, a Facebook status to like an Icelandic Icelandic uh, actress page, and I was like, ah, oh, why not? Uh, I mean, I I just sent him an email like, yeah, I would like to audition, and um, yeah, I went into the audition and. Uh, and uh, apparently it went great. I was like a little nervous at first, and I think uh, Runar just noticed it, and he like in the audition, and he like talked me through it, like you know, it just uh, told me a little bit about the character and about himself, and like when he told me that, I like understood it, and 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 I think that's when that's when uh, I finally like yeah got to the point where I I I could act act the character as he wanted it. And uh, yeah, then I got the part, and uh, yeah, it was just amazing. What was actually what? What made you interested of the role of Andre, and what what motivated you and gave oh, you yeah. energy to do that role? So um, first off, when 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 he uh, was asking for auditions, he he was kind of brief about it. Uh, Runar, he he didn't. Uh, he didn't uh, specify that it was a story about himself. He just uh, he just uh, uh, told me it was a story about a young boy, you know. And it was at my age at the time, so I just uh, I just took the opportunity and went to audition. And when I got the part, he told me, uh, it, you know, it was about himself. It was a story about when when he was coming out, kind of. This, of course, Andres much younger, you know, younger person. And you know, I I just had to do I had to do some kind of research for the character. You know, he told me uh, kind of just about his anxiety uh, with with coming out of the classic runner and uh, and I also you know in in preparation I you know I used to go on uh, uh, Reddit and like search for like coming out stories and just just to know you know kind of what what that anxiety was about and like how how people would would deal with with coming out to their parents because it's just something that you know i haven't i haven't felt before you know because uh i'm i'm straight so uh it's just something you kind of have to delve into and just uh and research and you know you know yeah well considering that that is uh <laughs> and considering everything um it's a really natural performance a really oh, great performance. You. So thank you. Yeah, great to see it. It was at the, during the audition. I I knew I wanted to put a lot of effort into casting because uh, the whole story is writing so much on this one character and yeah. how it's he's portrayed. So, but as soon as Ausgeid uh, came in and read his lines and and worked on it with us, uh, I I just saw Andre straight away. I was like, mm. I didn't even have to think about it. Mm. And he won the role out of like uh, uh, 20 teenage guys or something. Yeah, I think we had, yeah, probably around 20 people. Uh -huh. Yeah, so uh, why did you pick up Reykjavik actually? Were you still living in Reykjavik during this time or? Yes, yes I was. And downtown Reykjavik is so, it's a, it's a cinematographer, cinematic like wonderland. So a lot <laughs> of beautiful scenes, like it's, it's uh, the ideal Nordic, you know, city like uh, with the, with that whole modest thing too like there are no skyscrapers or anything like that it's a very yeah. humble nordic city yeah uh, the film won the best narrative short film award at the fargo moorhead lgbt film festival are there any other 
uh, prices that you are aware of? Yeah, there was another one that just came in, which was the Feedback Film Festival in Toronto. We won the best film mm -hmm. there. I've yet to announce that. So <laughs> you're, that's, that's being announced first here. And then we were shortlisted for the Iris Prize in Wales, in the UK, which is a, a BAFTA qualifying prize, which is, so I'm very excited about that. We're one mm -hmm. of uh, 35 films that, uh, 35 international films that are shortlisted for this prize. Well, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the crew and cast. There is uh, David Götbranson playing Hjölli or Hjörleifur, more or less, uh, who is yeah. playing the dad character here. And I heard that the, you found him via your experience as when he was your director in a theater performance of Killer Joe. And so you just yeah. offered him the part right on the spot. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. Great performance as well. Mm. Anything you want to add on this, uh, uh, his profile? No. Uh, like, yeah, he was my director in that performance. Uh, so I had this existing relationship with him. Uh, we. We work well together and I know that he's, he's a very talented actor. So I just, I rung him up, I said, uh, yeah, I'm doing this film. Do you mm -hmm. want to, there's this part, like a very important part of the father and I would love to see you in it. And he was just, yeah, let's do it. And he was, he was especially interested because he's like a, he's like a very true, you know, ally. He's a straight male, but mm. he's, he's very active LGBT matters. And he was very interested as soon as I told him that, that was that was the agenda. Why do you think it is that the Nordic countries or uh, Iceland is so so open or supportive towards LGBT people? Can you name anything in special? I mean, we've always been pretty progressive looking at other issues as well. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. if you look at Iceland specifically, we had the first female president. We had the first mm -hmm. gay head of state. So we are always, we've always been unafraid to like, do something different, and especially for the sake of, you know, goodness and progress. And via David, you found uh, Brundis Ausmund's daughter playing the the mother of the cast. Yeah. Anything about her? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she came on board through David. I didn't know her beforehand, but their whole dynamic was just a blast to watch, both just on set and in the film itself. They're just like so, because they're such good friends in the in real life, they were just so comfortable with each other. Like when they're having their like little dynamic in the kitchen, kissing each other, it mm -hmm. all feels so natural, so cute and so real. Yeah, I really had to ask myself, like, are these really just friends? <laughs> How does it work so well? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm, sh I'm sure Davi, uh, Davi's wife had the same question. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we have uh, Christopher Baldur Sverison uh, playing Reunir, and he's, uh, I believe, the, the friend of Andre. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was the uh, runner-up in the audition. He was my second choice for Andre. So I, I really oh. wanted to keep him on mm. in some role. So I put him in this role because he was, he was really good. As an actor, he was phenomenal, but he was just not what I pictured when I pictured Andre. He was too confident in every, every portrayal. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have, of course, tell me if, I, if I'm to totally butchering these names, Erikur Victorsson playing Thomas. Yes, yes, Erikur, yeah. A very important character with uh, very little screen time. Yeah. yeah, about him I could only find that he's some kind of a 
math genius, perhaps. He got some type of a, into some kind of a top 10 list in a school's math competition. And that's all I know about the guy. Oh, really? That's <laughs> oh, news three. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to add about him? Uh, no, just say like this. The, he's very talented as well. He was, uh, I'd say he was my third choice for uh, uh, Andre. He was oh, okay. one of the 20 kids that came to audition. So. Uh, of course, yeah. Really nice. All right, so we start the film off with the kicking of the guy while Andre observes from a distance. What made you start the film off with somebody being kicked on the ground? Like I was expecting this film on the first watch to go to pretty dark waters, but but maybe that's the kind of the point that that's what you want people to think at that point, and perhaps to find parallels to different kinds of bullying. And I noticed that the onlookers and the that there's this girl filming it all, kind of modern way of bullying, or is it terrorism, yeah. as somebody said on television today? Or yeah. or to make Andre think twice before he shares his secret, insofar as you can share a secret that's kind of defeating, defeating the point. But um, yeah. It was, uh, it was a way for me to sort of show vividly one of Andre's fears about coming out. Like he... he He's yeah. afraid of like his dad's reaction and all that, but he's also afraid of the other kids at school and how his friends are going to perceive him and, and all that stuff. So I figured seeing somebody get bullied in the first opening scene would really cement that in. Can you share us anything about the actors in this scene? Let's lift everyone up that we can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those were... Those were just kids that volunteered to be a part of the whole thing. Uh, they didn't audition. There was no auditioning there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some just, of them are just my friends that I called yeah, just yeah. to get on oh. set. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Friends of friends. And speaking yeah. of bullying, Ausger, your film debut was in a short film, In a Heartbeat. Oh, yeah. And that film dealt with topics of bullying and violence also. And now in Han, your character Andre, he faces the threat of being bullied or or facing violence. Mm-hmm. How did it feel for you as an actor to revisit a topic that is so hard that some of us refuse to even discuss about it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a, a taboo uh, a topic. I feel that uh, maybe especially in Iceland, uh, it's kind of been uh, it's a it's a thing here in bullying. It's a lot of bullying in Iceland. I I even uh, when I was younger, I used to I used to get bullied sometimes when I, when I was in the younger classes. So I I definitely related to that that matter. Um, with within a heartbeat. Um, that was a film I did. I I was really young. I was like 13, 14. And, and I didn't even know that I was going to be playing in it. I, I just came on set as a, as a, as a, just a side actor. I was just going to be one of the kids, but then they like needed someone to play the main, main uh, kid in it. And they just, they just uh, picked me out of randomness. And then all of a sudden I was just the main actor of the film. <laughs> Was it improvised lines that uh, Reunir is doing when he's talking about his cousin, or it was also scripted? Uh, yeah, those lines are scripted. Oh, no, it was, was a, it? Some, something. It was like uh, when uh, when when we were talking and walking uh, about. Uh, he was talking something about like uh, we were in the shop and I, like I, I was just talking to that girl 
I, I think you said to uh, Christo just 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 uh, just to talk about something, just improvise something, and then yeah. then the later lines were uh, scripted. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's uh, some of that stuff was scripted, but I made it clear to the guys that you know treat the script like a guideline and not like some holy scripture. Just yeah. Use it, and but don't be afraid to go outside of it. Any special significance for streets that you're using in this film or the locations in general? Uh, all of those locations are around my apartment in Reykjavik. So they were all very much in reach. So we had to think about like travel time and stuff like that. But I just lived in this very cute little area with, with all these like cute cinematic backdrops, mm -hmm. uh, especially the one with the church when he's walking from school. I, it's not accurate map wise if you look at a map, but it's like, it's very, you know, very cinematic. Mm. Yeah, it kind of seems to me that when uh, the two boys are walking across the street and you see the background, I think it looks like it could, could be the location where the church is. Yeah, the the church there in the background is the uh, is the national church. It's a different church, though. Oh. <laughs> and Bob Dylan portrait was intentionally placed on the wall to emphasize the characters or the character of the parents inside yeah. the flat. Yeah, and... they were always meant to be like this rock couple, you know, very liberal, <laughs> open-minded. <laughs> and you chose the kitchen radio to play Dikta and Mahmoud. Uh, yes. Why these particular bands? Uh, I don't know. They just, for that type of personality, those bands really just came to mind. I think there was a, I think that song was suggested to me by David, if I remember correctly. And it just, it felt real, felt like what they would actually listen to. I suppose it's not also not really intentional that when Andre is uh, closest to cupboard door, the other one opens and you have to close that one too. Uh, or is it some kind of super clever metaphor no. going on here, <laughs> the, coming that, out that of was, the closet? That was just something that happened on set. Uh, it it was yeah. just uh, when we were rehearsing, I just closed it and it opened. And Rona was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. We, we just closed them both. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, this was a this was a, it was a very annoying cupboard in my own kitchen, and it was a, big, a very iconic, oh. you know, thing about my kitchen. So having that captured on film was very beautiful for me. <laughs> yeah. And something that I noticed is that uh, that Ausgera has braces and then no braces in in the film. Uh, but uh, this is interesting. You had only four days of filming, right? So something yeah, happened wait, there. Uh, no, I have braces all the time. I don't know. Really? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I had them all the time. Oh wow! What? <laughs> because, <laughs> because when you're I had them for like a year after I think. Oh, that's funny because I could sw swear that when you're walking back to home with a friend that you don't have them, and then you suddenly have them in the kitchen. But okay. Oh yeah, I definitely had them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just four consecutive days of filming, so yeah, I de definitely had them all. Maybe huh. it's just kind of an illusion or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the way that you have of course this has been said by many people i believe but the, the way that you have implemented the text messages into the story is kind of good you you make it this alternative way of communicating which is viable which it is in real life of course as well but you make it work on the screen and really nice fonts and the way that the text scrolls good stuff yeah i know i wanted to make it simple i didn't want it to be too uh, intrusive for the viewer. Uh, it was 
it was a bit inspired by the, the way they did it in Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. How it just like casually appears on the screen and just fades away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this uh, father who says that, like, no, there's a big game on at seven. You're not going to watch it with the old man. And this moment when he's kind of eyeing his son, it seems that now anything could happen. Is this going to? Is this guy now super pissed that this is not going to happen? Or? Uh, no, there's no, there's no uh, anger there. There's just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's more like uh, playful disappointments that he's not going to mm-hmm. watch the game with him. He's like trying to bond with his son, but his son mm-hmm. is becoming a little bit more distant. He's starting to pick up on that. And from Andre's perspective, he's, you know, obviously this, everything that's going on is weighing on him in that scene. And he's actually considering in his mind, just taking the leap right there and, and then and telling him, I have a date with the boy tonight. Like, but mm. he, he, he uh, doesn't do it. He, it's uh, it's kind of a recedes back into the into the closet like happens. Did you feel like you have you have enough room to make the character your own in some way? Did you feel comfortable doing the role? I guess that's a silly question, but well, uh, like I said, uh, it was kind of um, uh, I was uh, most of the days I was I was I was kind of uh, I was kind of really unsure about um, um, just acting in general because as i said i hadn't mm. been uh, acting for a long time but uh it was it was really uh thanks to uh runa that, that i helped me kind of portray him as i did like uh, because I, sometimes after i went home after 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 uh, after days on set i was just like oh i didn't feel good i did i i i, I, I could have done that better but like when 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 you when you when you realize that when you're an actor you it, it's always like that you you never mm. you never go after a, after a, a take and you go I nailed that I, I damn was so good because that's the thing with acting and behavior you know you can never nail any behavior behavior is just behavior you know so you you, you can't uh, you can't uh, go after a take and just say yeah I nailed this behavior because that's that's not real life you know real yeah. life is just behavior's behavior and just what happens happens you know mm. Yeah. Really, really great acting with the eyes, by the way. There, like, yeah, thanks. Uh, I believe we you took were... like a, yeah. that was like twenty shots, maybe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just staring at David. <laughs> <laughs> we did it a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's fun. By the way, Thor, do you prefer to take a lot of shots or retakes, or you just prefer to take it on a couple of takes? Uh... Yeah, I, I think I do tend to get a little bit excessive with the shots. Uh, mm-hmm. My crew probably hated me a few, a few times. <laughs> but um, I feel like once I do get a shot that I'm happy with, I just need to get a couple of more for safety, and then I'm happy, and we can move on. Yeah. And I'm never happy, so that always turns out to be a lot of shots. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectionist. Well, you were really happy on set. <laughs> and... Thor, you've you've said that the church is symbolic for the changing times since the Reykjavik Pride passes by the church. That's kind of an interesting way to use a church in connection with the LGBTQ story, but for a good reason, uh, as you said, that they appeared very supportive of the parades. Uh, is this yeah. kind of the case all around Iceland when it comes to church? I think for the most part, yeah. Uh, the... The national church even put out a brochure, I think, this uh, last month or something about uh, 
they portrayed Jesus as a for uh, as a trans woman, I think. Okay. Just uh, it was basically them saying that Jesus is, uh, you know, however we portray him, however whatever he is to, you know, all of us, and people were in uproar about it. But but it just shows like how how the church is changing. And I'm not mm-hmm. particularly religious myself, mm-hmm. but I do admire when when these old institutions change or progress with the times. Yeah. Great moment there after after the shower, checking for the nose hair. I can totally relate. That oh, yeah, yeah, damn yeah. nose that hair. Was a, that was a great um, Runos part. Yeah. I was kind of <laughs> hesitant about it. I was like, oh, it's going to look ugly. And then, but yeah, it turned out great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually kind of... funny. So I've been sending these uh, high-quality stills to the festivals. And yeah. I, I was included still of that one too, and they always end up picking that one. For yeah, me. yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say it's kind of the signature shot. You know, it's yeah. everybody can relate to that. You know, where yeah. even myself, you know, going out to when well, maybe meeting out uh, friends and then or even girls, and you know, like it's just like oh, I have a pimple, or or do, do I have any more nose? Or just anyone can relate to that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This whole. Han pronoun thing is, is an interesting thing in Finland because we don't have this sort of a problem because we have only one word for this. It's Han and it can be used for both males and females. But oh. of course, someone would likely want to say in a similar sentence, like, what's the girl's name? So, mm. but right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the Finnish uh, translation of the name of the film would probably be the, the boy's name is... Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Now, Andre has some second thoughts here. Can we do this another time? This text message and how much of the audio used in the film was from the actual location, and how much was added in post? Uh, I think most of the most of the times in the bedroom, it's it's fully, mm-hmm. so it's post. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think most of the scenes it was just me and uh, Auske in that room, and I was yeah. helping him time the time the text message movements. Mm-hmm. So in those scenes, I was not behind my usual like the monitor. I was in there. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting on the floor with the script and yeah. uh, reading out the text messages to me. <laughs> also, plus points for the perfume. How it was just pressed once on the neck. Just one press isn't enough. You don't need to press it two hundred times. Some people <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, I would like to take credit for that kind of uh, uh, for that uh, performance. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And there's a Thor magazine on the table. <laughs> nice one. Oh yeah, <laughs> happy accident. That was not planned. Ah, perfect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe it's gonna be your signature in your films or something. Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Are you much of a superhero uh, comic reader or watcher? Uh, not a reader, but a watcher. I'd say I'm, I'm more of a. You know, I like the films a lot. Yeah. There's also this scene where mom is now talking kind of random stuff on the phone, sounding very natural. Was that improvised or was it also included in the script when Andre is leaving? Yeah. No, that was all improvised from her. Like there was none of that was in the script. <laughs> yeah, and it was all it just flowed so naturally and beautifully. It was really yeah, great. I agree. Great stuff. Then there are these intercuts between the exterior and, and interior shots. There's the beautiful yeah. bridge and city shot of downtown Reykjavik and the 
jersey scene there. And then there is the mom and dad choking away. And uh, the dad finds the piece, piece of squared paper on the living room desk. And um, then there is this very nice uh, big two shot of the guys once they once they see each other. Somebody said that the character of Thomas looks a little bit like Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Perhaps. Like there is some, like from the side at least, but maybe not from the front. Yeah, and great expressions from the father still doing. He's doing this uh, smiling and even grinning and switches on TV, calls for Asta, and the title card Han comes on. Yeah. First, I wasn't quite sure what to think about coming out with the piece of paper. You would think that uh, that Andre would like to see the reactions of the parents, but maybe he's too afraid. Anyway, it works great cinematically, though, though this might raise some concerns about what Andre would think his parents' reactions would be. Uh, or maybe it's more like he knows they will probably re react all right, but he doesn't care to invest his energy on the subject too much because it's a special day for him anyway. So, Yeah, uh, this was most likely just, uh, it was more influenced by how I, you know, came out. I, I wasn't able to say it to my dad, to his face. I was too, you know, uh -huh. I wouldn't say afraid, but too, I was just not comfortable doing it. So I asked my sister to do it for me. Uh, so I wanted to sort of show that, that he, he wasn't like, he wasn't ready to have that long conversation with his dad. So I just wanted to like clear it up and then run, like get out of there and go on a date, basically. Yeah. It's uh, such a normal thing now around our countries that you know, not a big deal to keep dwelling on it. Perhaps you can take it like yeah. this as well. And I, I feel like it's also, it was more of a, it was like a, a casual dig at his dad too, because his dad was always like, what's her name? What's her name? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, it was a like internal family, you know, part of it, like family humor. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. His name is. I yeah. was, I was watching this film also with my mom and she was like, like, this is really annoying. Why do they keep asking it all the time? What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, she came to like these characters, of course. So for once here, we have kind of a LGBT story without everyone dying of AIDS or somebody dying of a tragic car crash at the happiest moment of their lives or the parents disowning their children and sending a hitman to slaughter them into tiny pieces or what, what, what have you. So really refreshing uh, to see something like this. Yeah. Uh, it was like, it was nothing that I had, like, I had not intended to like, sit down and like, ah, oh, now I'm going to make something with a happy ending. It's just, it just is what it is. It was just my story mm. that I mm. translated into this film right. and it just happened to have a happy ending. And I feel like that's probably part of the reason why it became so uh, popular on YouTube is because it inspired people and it gave people hope and, and people seem to really like the fact that it has a happy ending. It's like a lot of the comments are centered around that. Yeah, definitely. But I do, I do want to say that uh, with this film, I did want to inspire most of all like i was hoping uh, I, I wanted to make something basically that i had needed as a 17 year old kid or 18 year old kid or mm. something to help me at that time 
come out, which I didn't have in front of me then. So other kids, you know, have the courage to come out er not earlier than, you know, 27 years old. Any comments about uh, Robert Peterson, the cinematographer? Oh, yeah. Robert is uh, awesome. Awesome to work with. He's we designed the, a lot of the scenes together and he he's he's just he does this for a living. So he's he was uh, sort of the rock that I needed with me on set because he. Yeah, this was my first film. So having him with me as the, you know, my cinematographer and my you know advisor on all things was just beyond valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I even I even kept in touch with him today. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just an overall great guy, really talented. And he he's part of the reason why we got such a huge amount of uh, people on board from the professional community in Iceland, because he was just so connected. Nice. And anything about your gear that you have used for the gear nerds of this podcast? Yeah, well, I the, the camera that we used was an Alexa XT, but I'm not much of a gear nerd myself. I'm more of a storyteller, so I can't tell you any more than that. I, I remember, you know, I, I was studying filmmaking at the time when 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 I was casted. And then, and I, I'm a filmmaker myself and I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much of a gear nerd. So it was, oh. everyone was just like, oh, you were shooting this like on an Alexa. And I was like, what? We're shooting on an Alexa? Oh my God. That's just like the pros. Right. Probably worth more, more than many cars. Yeah, it was the yeah. biggest production cost. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> YouTube commenter Beatrice Di Matteo joked, quote, the dad when he saw the note, Asta, you owe me 10 bucks. And yeah. then, <laughs> and this one felt Webel, Vertrauen, commenting on the dialogue of the film, I want to meet you. Do you like sushi? Marry him. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can relate to that that is food of yeah. the gods yeah i can i can always uh, the precious thing about those comments is like and uh, anytime maybe i'm feeling down or anything i can just always go to those comments and just it'll immediately like the first time i read them i, I it's just kind of a new feeling occurred to me because it was just so like enticing and it was just it was just uh, kind of like getting high or of something <laughs> because it was yeah. just a lot of comments just like oh andre reminded me of myself when i was coming out and it's just like when we were making a film i had no idea that that when i was acting or we were making that film that we can like make people feel like that and that's just it's just an incredible thing you know yeah it looks like you have a kind of fan base looking at some of the comments that you you have had oh yeah online like <laughs> 100 yeah awesome and i love uh, this yeah, yeah people have been contacting me just by by uh, a message or email just telling me how how what they went through and just how it how we kind of recreated that and 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 it's just yeah it's just it touches your heart you know it's just amazing you know never knew that you could do that yeah yeah anything you want to talk about the closing credits there's a bunch of special thanks uh, car rental companies and uh, I don't know anything really about this but maybe you can open something up yeah. uh, it's just uh, at the at the time of shooting I was working for uh, or yeah, I was working for a company that I own in parts in Iceland called Northbound and it's like a, this booking website and so I had all these connections to car rentals and I was able to leverage that into getting us like two crew cars easily oh yeah 
giving a giving a, a shout out to Runner again uh, because the credits, you know, if we would have just cut to black or something, it would have if it would have not been the same as uh, we just we can just uh, watch them walk away, you know, together, and it just puts like a, another kind of feeling. If instead we would have just cut to black when they meet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anything funny that you guys were talking when when you meet by the church? Like, uh, of course, we don't hear hear the dialogue, but you know, uh, yeah, he's yeah, pointing yeah. Uh, to somewhere. Yeah, we 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 stayed in character all the walk, and uh, we just oh. kind of had the awkward talk about sushi, and uh, and, <laughs> and we Im- improved something. I was t- telling him I didn't like sushi, and I was just laughing and and kind of and and one thing one thing I remember doing uh, it occurs to me now that I didn't even tell anyone about or ruin it or anything is that um, while researching the character and, and I find, found a lot of stories that when people came out of the closet that, that they had changed their, the way they walk and like changed the, 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 their body movements. And I, and I, and I in the in the critics, I like tried to mimic that as the best I could, like to mimic <laughs> that I'd kind of opened up my, uh, my uh, I don't know if you can notice it, but like, I try to like change my walking style and like change my movement like for being more free, you know, and, and, and but I never told anyone about it. That's just kind of like a little Easter egg I wanted to put in the movie because I had read about it about oh. uh yeah, when people Oh yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It does I now that you say that it does seem like you, you seem a little bit more jumpy in the uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the music here is done by Mr. Director himself. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, through an app that I use. Basically, that uh, I don't even remember the name, but uh, I use like stock clips that you can like stretch and uh, put it in tune with the with the pace of the scene and all that. It's very very good use. Henrik, do you want to start? Maybe what's your favorite quote from the film? My favorite quote has to be the end quote. His name is. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I would probably just go with the, the kind of a half swallowed perhaps, high at the end, when And- Andre says yeah. it. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, what about you guys? Anything that's popping up to your heads? For me, it is probably my favorite line, my favorite dialogue line, probably the one where he's sitting in his bed and he's texting Thomas and uh, he can't decide which emoji to go with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like deleting oh, yeah, yeah. and retyping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, this kind of, yeah, uh, I remember the thing about it. Uh, when I was saying, like, I think I'm going to have sushi, like, that was kind of, uh, I think that was kind of important, like, because he's kind of, like, telling his father he's going out, but he, like, he knows his father's going to, like, question him back, and it's kind of that anxiety of that, mm-hmm. and I, I I even remember, like, when we, when me and Christopher were over at Runa's apartment, like, uh, re- re- rehearsing for, for the film, he just asked us to like improv in the couch, like just just like a conversation, like talking about girls and something, and it just like went on for five minutes. And Runer was just like, "Damn it! Now I have to add another scene to the film." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that whole thing was like, it made me, their whole dynamic during that improv session made me want to add a whole, another 13 minutes to the scene, like to the movie where we just have them. It was so funny. I remember me and, and Robert were just like laughing our asses off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that you wanted to really develop the, the relationship with between the, the parents there. And there's this one shot where they, you know, have this kissing going on. And I felt that it was still necessary to have there, to maybe to show the warmth of these guys. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I was expecting a kiss, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> mm. Three adjectives to describe the film. Henrik. Yeah, mine are going to be fragile, tender and quiet. Mm, uh, warm, uh, familiar, because it kind of resonates with myself and my experiences and important, definitely. Yeah. Andre? Or actually, I was scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, you know, heartwarming, uh, it, it, beautiful, and it's uh, like eye-opening. You know, it's just kind of uh, yeah. I think that. There we go. Thor. Uh, I would say uh, probably touching, uh, relatable, and personal. Mm. Henrik, would we recommend the film? Well, on my part, of course, and it's not often that you see a plot that is so simple, but it's also important and very elegant, I would say, and very smooth flowing. It's only 13 minutes and everybody knows that 13 minutes is not much, but this film makes it feel like five minutes, perhaps, when you're watching this. So yeah, it's easy to kind of get into the world. What about Henrik? So how how much Gary, how much of your recommendation is is you liking the film and how much of it is your own personal experience? Actually, when I was watching this, at least consciously speaking, I I didn't I didn't connect this that much to myself when I was watching it. But then when I started to think about it more deeply, like this whole relationship with father thing. Yeah, it's kind of similar to my experience, but maybe it has also something to do with my experience. But it's, I think it's a really smooth film and very well done. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Definitely. Henrik, <laughs> still there? Yeah, I too would recommend the movie. The main thing that I, I liked about Han is the kind of a subverting the typical tropes and cliches of, of gay drama, which this which Han does. Like Han also, it starts with giving, giving you the innuendo that there will be the typical trappings. There will be the violence towards, uh, towards Andre, and later on there would be the disowning from his father's side. Once the, once Andre finally co would come out of the closet. That's something that you usually see in, in gay drama. And what really was refreshing here, and I would say most important point of the movie, is to show the other side of that narrative. Like those cases where everything just goes okay, and the, mm. the bad nightmare scenarios end up not happening. And I I think that as, as important as it is to 
show you the dangerous side of, of the gay living through the gay experience and possible uh, and coming out of the closet. And as important as it is to speak about the the bad things, it's also very important to showcase and talk about the possibility of much more warmer and accepting experience. So also from my end, I would wholeheartedly recommend recommend Han. There you go. And I'm pretty sure you guys recommend it. So that's that's about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely recommend it. Any future projects that you would like to broadcast to our listeners? What's coming up next? That's it for me. It's it's the movie that I'm currently writing. Yeah, I'm hoping to have that uh, script finished by the. Honestly, I'm 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 working a full time job here in New York, so I don't know. Hopefully, by the end of this year. So let's just say that. Uh, But it's called Rooftops, and I'm very excited about that. it's it's as I said, it's very yeah. in tune with Han, but it's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other story, and yeah, it touches on a range of other topics. And it has a it has a minority lead, uh, and I think that's what the studio that I'm I'm talking to is is most interested in because they're they're very they're focused around films that have minority leads and minority creators and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'm hoping to be working with them more in the future. Awesome. And I was good. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm currently just on pre pre production for for my first uh, feature film that that we're shooting in in the end of October. Uh, that I that I wrote and I'm going to direct also. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting for me. Wow, where where we're we gonna see it? Uh, also on YouTube. Do you wanna open up more about this project? What yeah, I can, I can, I can, like, uh, yeah, I can try to uh, not spoil anything, but uh, yeah, it's it's a movie. It's called it's called Harm, um, and it's about two brothers, uh, one of which I play, and another one. Uh, it's about two brothers, uh, one one about twenty years old, and one about eleven years old, that are kind of in this then uh, this broken family with they live with their mother. And basically, uh, the younger brother goes into like the the underground world of of, of drugs and criminality and in, in Iceland, and it kind of happens mm. in one night where uh, his older brother is kind of trying to get him out. You know, it's it sounds kind of cliched, but it's kind of built around the Nordic drama. But it, we put like a twist on it, like uh, yeah, you know, we'd like to make it special. So yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, how big of a problem is it uh, the drugs in Iceland? Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's a big problem in Iceland. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the underground scene, but uh, but yeah, drug abuse in Iceland, especially for like uh, poor families and uh, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a big problem. Um, the actually, I read a, I read an article like just just a couple of couple of days ago that. Almost just had the plot of my movie in it, just like months after I after I wrote it. Mm-hmm. So it's just I, I it's the, then when I knew like it was definitely the right project for the right time. All right, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. There, there. Hopefully, there will be international release of the film. Yeah, definitely. We hope to uh, release it uh, first here in Iceland, and then uh, just depending on how it how it goes, we we'll definitely want to show it on some festivals and stuff. Awesome. All right. Uh, 
guys, do you have any closing thoughts? Thought or I was scared. I want to share some uh, words of encouragement for the youth in Finland. Yeah, Anything just like uh, just uh, one the one thing that uh, that is yeah, of course, of course, cliche or something. Just go out of your comfort zone and just like mm. if you never like actually do something or like go ahead and just take that first step into what you would like to do. Like nothing's gonna happen just uh, based on like if you don't take the first step. So just like if you want to do something, just start small, take the first step. Uh, because you know, I I was knew I wanted to go back into acting and just I was really shy and you know, but but I I just knew I had to you know be encouraged and so that first time when I just sent uh, Runer an email, just like I would like to audition for a film. Um, just uh, just that little just that little email just came to where we are now now the f- now the you know film is just going through festivals and then and, and it got me back into acting so it's it's always just that one small step you can take and 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 something definitely good will come out of it you know yeah butterfly effects yep there you go yeah <clears throat> definitely echo echo that statement uh, but I think uh, by closing advice to any any people in the who can relate to the situation, Han, just please don't wait until you're 27 years old. Just uh, mm. like mm. don't be afraid and, and take a step because if you do, you're gonna lose out on the prime years of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I concur. But yeah, if you wanna, if anybody wants to watch the the progress on Han. The screenings or or even progress on the new film then they can i'm usually pretty active on instagram so they can fuck me there it's uh, runar thor s and what about uh, oscar you want to share your handle uh yeah uh, like uh, you want to follow me on instagram <laughs> it's uh oscar it's pretty much my name uh yeah and if you want to follow our podcast it's also available on instagram the flick lab is the handle there all over the interwebs Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Once again, guys, uh, massive thanks for you both for coming to talk with us today. It it really means a lot. And best of luck with uh, all your projects and the film festivals and everything that's going. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been awesome. Thank you. And also a huge thanks to Hanni Birkbakka, a film critic uh, that I mentioned. And uh, definitely you can check him out also on Twitter and he was a great valuable help in certain uh, parts of researching this film yeah so but he's he feels he's like a guardian angel of a film it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah well all right thank you once again and uh Henrik what's our next week's film yeah join us next week for Suspiria and Andilvan See you next week. Yeah, I, I actually, I still, I used to live in Finland for a bit when I was an exchange student. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, I, 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 I apologize for the experience. No, 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 <laughs> it was good. <laughs>